Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Get Freaky Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Cullum. Thank you for being here. Just a little trigger warning before this one, guys, because we hit on some very sensitive topics uh, regarding religion and culture. So I just wanted to make sure I let you know before we started. We got Heidi Love on the show, and she is absolutely awesome, was kind enough to share some of her experiences today that I think you're going to find very interesting. Let's get into it. Let's get freaky. looking out into the darkness and then you see a figure but it's darker than the darkness i just get this like really creepy feeling and i see this uh this like shadowy demon looking figure in the front seat of the car she used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed and i just was petrified i remember i saw something fly by my bedroom window we heard the bathroom door shut so then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open so we came around the bend and we saw eye shine this thing stood up i mean it stood up and it had high pointed ears it had a snout had a long arm and it just it grabbed the deer Okay, guys, I am super excited to welcome our next guest. So let's get freaky tonight. We have got Heidi Love. How are you? I am doing great. I'm here to tell you all about the Mormons. You got some yeah. out there in your area. You yeah, got the door I knockers. So. I think so. Yeah, we get the door <laughs> Yes, the door knockers. Drew, I mean, Drew Misson told me they call them the door knockers. Yeah, we just don't laugh, answer so. the door. We just don't answer the door. Yeah. We're you got to sure. hide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to hear your story uh, first of yes. all tell us about your awesome podcast and tell us about sure. yourself I am Heidi Love yes that's my real name it's not a stripper pole name I did get asked that once <laughs> <laughs> um my parents were just hippies so there it's there it is name. it's fun it's yeah I am the podcast host of uh unfiltered rise podcast and I didn't even mean to be a podcast host I accidentally fell into this but i think it's fun and i like it and i've always been chatty so here i am <laughs> perfect for the podcasting <laughs> yes i used to be a mormon i was mormon for 34 years of my life so wow. um this was most of my life i'm i'm 48 now i don't care who knows how old i am i don't care sure. um yeah age is age like only the good get to die young and only the people that are blessed get to age because you know we're still here so yeah it's yeah. it's good either way yeah <laughs> and so i i am a nurse by trade normally i'm that's what i do in my regular life and uh i love to research weird things and i, I just uh started doing that and the mormon stuff was because i was one but the other things all kind of fell in line and that's where i went with and I'll explain more when I show you these pictures like John D um, and then even cabbage babies, really weird, some really weird uh, things that I went down and yeah. you'd be surprised how much everything, everything is a part of everything. 
it's everything's connected yes yes and so even if you don't mean it to be even if you think oh this is like a completely fringe thing over here it would never uh adapt to over there sometimes it does it's yeah. weird that's how it seems to oh. be with with the with the paranormal uh conspiracies it, it does all seem to be connected like this is mainly a, a paranormal show we talk paranormal mm -hmm. topics and experiences but i don't think you can do a paranormal show without looking at conspiracies as well because it, it is all connected. for sure cults, yeah everything it's all connected yes yes and mormons who doesn't want to hear about the weird mormons i mean i'm, I'm interested to hear this <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, was this I, something you was brought was up mormon with? all my life yes my mom and dad were not very active kind of like the catholics that go on easter and christmas that's how my parents were and they still drank and smoked and all that fun stuff but and my step it was my stepdad when i say my dad it's my stepdad because he um was there and my real dad was in prison so uh <laughs> my life is stranger than fiction that's why i do this um <laughs> like my dad went to prison i had a really bad childhood my sister married warren jeff's nephew who is like the fundamentalist prophet yeah. So wow. <laughs> it's weird. And so I should have called my podcast like it's really weird or something, but I, <laughs> I just didn't. And so here I am. And I, I've always been one to really research things. Um, I was in debate in high school, all that stuff. So like I said, everything together combined with my upbringing, um, it got me here. So about age 12, I moved in with my grandmother. Now my grandma wasn't one of these we call them Jack Mormons. Jack Mormon means you don't go. You, you want to still do your thing, but you still believe, but you don't go. And so, you know, I'd done all the things with my neighbors and got, you know, baptized at eight years old. You do that and you get blessed in the church. You do that. And when you're born and um, they give you a name and a blessing and all that stuff was done. And everyone in Utah is Mormon. I'm in Utah. So every, this is not, when I first started going on podcasts, I thought, man, why do people want to know this stuff? It's everybody knows. And one day, Josh Monday, shout out Josh. He said, Heidi, nobody knows. This is weird. Yeah. And so I, I said, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like I don't, I, I don't know my thoughts on, on, on what you're going to tell me now. I, I really don't know what's coming, but I can't wait to show you the photos. <laughs> gonna oh, be wow. so fun but we gotta <laughs> lay the the brickwork right we yeah. gotta get the little path going so then when i moved in with my grandmother um she was very devout however my grandfather what and I, they got custody of me because my mom lost custody and i became a ward of the court and um at that point i started thinking well these people that i lived with my mom and dad and that and my even my grandpa who i i adored but he was a biker and my grandma was this really devout Mormon and it didn't go good together. It was kind of a weird dichotomy. And I thought these people don't have their, their stuff together over here. I think I should be like her because she seems to have her stuff together. She is the only sane one bailing people out of jail. Okay. That's the truth of the matter. So I'm like, all right, follow this lady, go to church every Sunday, do all the things, everything you should do. I did. And then when I got about 17, I fell in love and I, it was ridiculous. I was 17. I'd never had a real, like a physical relationship, none of that. And this guy is 25 and a half. And so we got married 
Because you cannot be a Mormon and not get married if you start fooling around. That's not good. Um, and I wasn't pregnant. I wasn't any of that. But at that time, I said, you have to join the church because this is so important to me. I mean, my whole life, I've just been indoctrinated that, you know, I have to go to the temple to get married. And now I can't because you're a Catholic. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll do it for you. And I said, cool. Okay. Cause my grandma is going to flip out. If not, you know, this lady is like, you know, serious. So we did, you have to wait. You can't just go and say, okay, I'll do it. And then get married tomorrow. No, no, no. There's a laundry list of things. So you have to become a member. You have to pay your tithing for a year. You have to be in the church a year. You, he had to get his priesthoods. He had all this work to do. And eventually the day came where we were going to get married in the temple. We were already married, of course, but by now I'm pregnant because it's been like a year and a half and I'm like eight and a half months pregnant at this point. And I am just ready to have this baby pretty much. And I went through it in 1996 and, um, I was excited all my life. I heard, Oh, you go to the temple. It's, it's the best day ever. You know, you're going to go. And it's like being in heaven. And I was like, man, I want to do that. You know? So I was excited. I was scared because there's certain rituals and things that no one will talk to you about not even your mother, not even your, no one. And you know that you get this weird outfit because you have to get it before you go and you get new underwear and you know about them because you got to bring them with, and you're going to go through this whole thing in the temple, but you don't know what it is. So you're there with your really expensive clothes that you can only buy at the church. Uh, yeah, that's fun. And, uh, you get this outfit. There's is about maybe back then in 1996, it was like $120 a piece, which back then that was a lot of money. Yeah. And the underwear were about $38 a set because I'll show you here soon what they look like. So anyway, long story short, I go there and I'm taking out what's called my endowments. When you do this, the first time you go through, you go through for yourself. The next time you go through and every single time after that, you go through for dead people, mm -hmm. dead people. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, so your sorry. face was my, what, right. What did, your what face is my face. Yeah. So they, they, so I'll explain. So you go through the first time and you, you do these, basically it's masonry. It's Masonic rites. I right. think now would be a good time for me to share my screen because some of this is going to be better to describe to you with like how they say the picture's worth a thousand words. Yeah. <laughs> this when, is great. Okay. So when, when you say temple as well, is that, is that the church? The temple is not, and it's not like the Jewish temple. You can't just walk in. The, the temple is a special place that you can go when you've done all the rules and all the things and you've completed all the little checkoff boxes. You can go inside the temple. And no one can go in and no one's permitted to go in without their little certificate. And it's all barcoded and they scan it at the door like a pass. And they check wow. you and it's a whole thing. If you tried to go in like just to go in, like do an expose, they would arrest you. Wow. Yeah. You Is cannot. it like heavily guarded and, and protected? Um, I think what it is, is they have old unassuming people at the front, but they have their own security. Yeah. And wow. so I'm pretty sure there's like a panic button. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't go anywhere anyways. It's like a lobby until somebody comes and gets you because you wouldn't really know where to go. Can you see my screen? Okay. 
Um, I can't see any pictures. Okay, let's I've got see no what pictures I need to coming do. up. Dang, dang. Let me go back and see why. Let's see. Sometimes this happens when you go back and forth through uh, StreamYard and another yeah. one. So it, let's, okay. I'm going to try one more time to share screen. Oh, it says you got to say it's okay. Okay. How do I do that? <laughs> I sent you the request and it hopefully um, down at the bottom, it will say share screen. I really should know how to do this sort of thing. You're okay. But if we can't, I will just describe it, but it's, it's pretty mm. funny if you, so down at the bottom participants yeah. chat, then share screen. Oh, here we go. Yep. Share screen. Yes. So, and then push okay. One participant can share at a time. Multiple. Sure. Oh, it must be that one. So if I click awesome. on that, we'll see if it does it. Okay. Is that worked? Let's see. I'm going to go back and we shall try to open one. This is, this is a let's get freaky first for me because I've never yes. shared a screen. Well, before. these are these are too good to miss. Okay. Can you see a screen full of underwear? No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Oh, no. Why is that not working? Okay. Let me try. Let me try the other. So share screen, advanced sharing options. Advanced I'm, sharing options, I bet. Particular can share. Host only. No, all participants. No, it's saying you should be able to do all it. participants. Okay. Yeah, all participants. Let's see. Is, is, Maybe is, I have to just push it one more time. We'll try it one more time before we annoy it because we don't want to annoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. If it okay, doesn't work, we'll I, have to I see it. describe it. I see it. Oh, here okay. we go. Okay. Okay, something's up, happening. Underwear. Here we okay, go. Okay, perfect. And let's see. There we are. I got two of them. I got to close one. There we are. Okay. okay. These are Mormon undies. These are the, these are the magical underwear or the Jesus jammies or whatever you want to wow. call them. We call them lots of fun things. And they're Masonic because they have the compass and the square on the nipples. And then on the belly button, there's a sideways ruler and also on the knee. And so these are what we wear underneath our clothes. You may not wear anything underneath your clothing, like your bra or a pair of panties. These are your underwear. And wow. so you need a lot of pairs of them. I mean, at least seven, hopefully most people, you know, <laughs> right? You, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this is what you, you have to wear skim. every day, every day. And you may never take them off unless you are swimming, going to the gym or making more Mormons, right? <laughs> Because oh. we have a lot of kids <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or showering, of course, you know. Can you, can you make um, that picture bigger or? Yeah. Does that go bigger? Is it a thumbnail for you? Yeah, it's like a thumbnail. I wonder. So I can uh -oh. see it quite small. If my Let's wife walks in now, she's going to think, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Let me Looking see. At... I know. Can you I'm see looking... it there? Does that no. make it worse or bigger? Okay. It's still, it's still only a small box. That I can see. Oh boy! All right, it might not. I don't know. Zoom is funny yeah. sometimes. It yeah. makes it hard, but it. But I've got a rough. I can see it. I can see interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. And uh, then, so the next one, I wished it would blow that up. I'm not sure why it does. Sometimes with Zoom, it's naughty. Um, yeah. Streamyard is really easy, and and I usually do that one. Now I started with zoom though. And yeah. then, so for the next thing you have to have is you have to have these, let's see if this works better. Not really sure why it's being silly, but 
So is this above clothing that goes over the underwear? Goes, um, no, this is your underwear. And you have oh. to wear this. Yeah, every day. And it's not very comfortable, unfortunately. Um, and it was quite the situation. Let's see. I'm not sure how to make it bigger. So is, this, sorry. is this is this underwear that, that men and women have to wear? Or is it just? Yes. Men and women. And in the olden days, they used to go to your wrists and to your ankles. But now they go to your knees. And they're like a kind of a t-shirt and a boxer shorts for the people at home or bloomers for a woman, like old fashioned granny panties and like, um, like a t-shirt as well. And your clothes have to be able to cover this. So no tank tops, none of that business anymore. Once you get married in the temple, you cannot do that ever again. This is really interesting. And I'll try and zoom this as much as I can. Okay. So this is our temple clothing. And this is the men's temple clothing. And this one is the men and women together. Can you see that? Um, sort of, not much. I can't see. I, 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 can I click on the pictures? Yeah, try. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Oh, where you going? Did it do it? No. <laughs> no. Dang it. All uh, right. Well, I can describe it and we can just stop sharing because if it won't. If it won't do it, it won't be as fun, you know? Yeah. Um, what have I done? Me... No, it's not you. This is a Zoom thing. No. Unfortunately, Zoom is weird and doesn't uh, share the whole screen. Okay. <clears throat> okay we're so back. we're back. Those outfits that we wear in the temple, if you know anything about the OTO and what they wear, it's sort of similar in a way because they have like a sideways one-breasted robe. Now we have a, a outfit underneath, like a dress or a shirt. The men wear a white shirt, white pants, white tie. The females wear a white dress. And then you wear these underwear underneath. And then you also get the robe that goes over one shoulder, exposing one breast with a tie a little sash, and then you wear a veil and the husbands wear what we call a baker's hat. Cause it just looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy baker, you know, and then you get an apron that's green and it's made of fig leaves. And so that apron is given to you at a later point in the temple ceremony by Satan, which gets interesting because remember, I'm thinking I'm going to heaven. I'm going to do this to, for God. I'm thinking this is a super righteous thing that I'm doing to go to heaven. You can't go to the top heaven. There's three heavens unless you have these done. And so, um, I'm thinking, okay, we're in there and everything's happening. And I'm like looking at my grandma, like what is going on in here? And then they're chanting around a book and this weird stuff. And you're learning all these Masonic signs and they're exactly the same. They have five and we only have three. So they, they cut it down and they change the name. Like the sure sign of the lion's paw it, for Mormons is the sure sign of the nail, like the nail that went in Jesus. So, but it's the same sign. It's identical. And yeah. it's the one that the presidents do a lot with the president of the church. A lot of times, if you go back and watch videos, when the church members, the top presidents go and shake the real president's hand, um, Thomas S. Monson did this. They did the handshake, which is not supposed to be done outside of the temple ever. So even he broke the rule. 
And he's the prophet, seer, and revelator, you know? So, I mean, it's all a big club, and I guess I used to be in it. But I didn't know any of this stuff was Masonic. I didn't even know what a Mason was. I I just knew everybody in Utah goes to the temple. My grandma did, and my great-grandma did, and everybody. And even we talked about DNA before. My DNA says Mormon settler. (laughs) Oh, wow. Mormon settlers. Yes. So it's in the DNA. That's how bad. Yeah, yeah. It's in my DNA. I can't even get away from it no matter what I do. So uh, I stayed in for years and years after that. I, I was really uncomfortable in the temple. I, I didn't like it. You know, once you get past all this weird, it's a two hour thing. If I tell you everything, we'll be here all day. But it's the so, Masonic signs yeah. that you learn, the handshakes, and then you get a new name. You get new underwear, you get, you go through preparatory initiatory, which is where you get, get the underwear and stuff beforehand. When I went, you had a poncho on and you're naked and that's all. And then they come in and bless your, and you're alone in like a little room with like a bench, but it's like this cold tiley kind of bench. And I'm thinking, man, this building's so nice. Like, why is this bench suck so bad? It's an altar. I found that out later. And so my naked ass is on an altar and <laughs> I'm sitting there waiting for somebody to bless my sinews and anybody that's heard of OTO stuff, they call it those things as well. So they come in and I said to the lady, uh, Hey, why are you in here? And she says, I'm here to give you your blessing. And I said, no, nah, that's not going to work. You better go get the guy because you can't do a blessing because you're a woman and women can't hold the priesthood. And she says, oh, you're silly. It's different in the temple. And I said, I looked at my grandma and she's like, it's fine. It's different in the temple. And I was like, this is so weird because nowhere else in the whole world can like, you can't do anything like that. And my grandma was just like, oh, it's fine. You know? And so I couldn't, I couldn't understand it, but I just went ahead and I was so indoctrinated that I definitely wanted, even if I had to be naked in a room with a man, I was down. You know, I didn't care. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was a ridiculous idiot or anything. I think you're just so indoctrinated that you just are like, well, this is what you do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. People ask me all the time, like, you seem very smart. Like, why, why, how, how did this happen? And I'm like, you don't understand. Your whole family is there. Your whole family. And I mean, it's kind of like people that fall into racism or Ku Klux Klan stuff or whatever else bad, even probably some of these elites that we see. I'm sure some of their kids don't want to do that stuff, but they do, you know, and it's like, well, what do you do about it? And so I never grow up into. I mean, you you just that's what's normal. You know, that's what you what you've experienced your whole life and seen. And yeah, I can understand. And then my grandma, my great grandma was there and she was really funny. She said, well, you should be happy. I had to get naked in a tub and be scrubbed down. And I thought, oh boy, I'm glad that didn't happen. You know, (laughs) I'm sitting there worrying like, oh my gosh, is that going to happen next? Because nobody tells you anything. So then I was nervous at this point. I'm like, holy crap. I hope that's not coming around the corner. And so it wasn't. Nowadays, you don't even get naked because they had so many problems and complaints with people feeling as uncomfortable as I did. Yeah, This is straight out the gate. This is the first thing that happens to you. You get naked and you're like, I want to go home. Like, I, I don't like this. And so I think enough people got uh, together and said, nah, this is not, we shouldn't do this anymore. So 
they changed it. Now you wear like a baptism jumper, like a zip up. And so, so you're not naked anymore. And that's great. But also think about it. These are the things that were given to us. These are the Masonic keys that are the true Masonry. If you look up quotes from the church, they say, yeah, we do Masonic things, but we have the true Masonry. So obviously, you know, they, they feel like this is a good thing and shouldn't be changed, but then they change it because people complained like, yeah. wait, I thought this was from God just straight down to the prophet because that's what they say. Yeah. They say they believe in that. They believe in direct revelation. And so I don't know. The only people that didn't change it were the fundies, the fundamentalist Mormons that are polygamists. And so really they practice more true Mormon stuff than anybody. I mean, because they didn't change anything and they refuse to. And in a way, I kind of, I mean, it's bad, but like, I respect it. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but anyway, I get it. I mean, like, I understand why they didn't change it, you know? And so yeah. here, here we go. And so I get dressed and all that, like I told you, and all those funny clothes and we were out there. And this is like a story about the Garden of Eden. Now, when my grandma went through, this was a play and this took like three or four hours. Now, when I'm going through, it's a movie and, and you can go to a play if you want to, but it takes a long time. So most people don't. And so now it's all changed because of 2020. So it's even, I don't even know if they do what they call a live session anymore, which is a play. And so they do this whole thing and they talk about the creation story. They talk about Adam and Eve, but the funny thing is, is they, they have some little differences. They don't believe in the Trinity. They believe in three separate beings. The Holy Spirit is a whole different thing than Jesus is a whole different thing than God. And they call God Elohim, which is a title, not a name. I found that out later. I didn't know anything then. And so they also believe that Lucifer is their fallen brother, that Lucifer was our brother. <laughs> so they also believe that we lived a life before now, before we came to earth, that we all lived with God up in the heavens and that you chose your problems in life. You chose your struggles. You chose your mother and father, you, everything. You already were a spirit that lived with God and you chose all these things. And so it's called the pre-mortal existence. And so you're just up there waiting to be brought down by your earthly parents, which is why they push having so many children. They say, well, your children are up there waiting for you to have, you know, have us. So you got to keep having babies. Yeah, oh, yeah. like, I guess indefinitely. I mean, there's no, I mean, eventually some wise people say, well, that's enough, but some people don't. Some what's people the, are what's having the like average lots. number. What's six. the average yep. six? Six. And we have six. Yes. Wow. Yes. Six kids. Yeah. Yes. And some I've seen, you know, parents have up to 12 to 14 kids. Oh I man, mean, just so many kids. Wow. And they oh, usually oh, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, it's too many. It's a it's the situation. There's just no way 6 is even really hard and they're yeah, far apart. Yeah. yeah. It it I don't understand why they push it so hard because then a lot of times the parents that do have a lot of kids, they don't have a lot of money. And then the church has to help them and everything. And it's like a, a perpetual cycle. So I don't think it's a great idea, but 
you know, whatever. So you're there, you find out about the the spirit babies and all this. And, and then you find out, you know, they get chucked out of the garden, that part's normal. And then when you get to the part where you're given your apron, because the whole reason why you have to put it on is it's like the fig leaves, but Adam's up praying and he's saying, he used to say pay lay L, which the translation is a little weird. If you go back into the Latin and different things, people argue about it, but anyway, it became kind of controversial. So they started saying, Oh God, hear the words of my mouth instead. So you do this little thing and then Satan comes. Now he is praying out to God, but who answers Satan? And he says, Hey, Adam, you're kind of naked. You should put this on. This is some fig leaves. And so we stand because the guy that's in charge of the whole ceremony says, please stand and put on your aprons. Now, why are we doing what the devil says? Yeah. Yeah. So that guy, he's representing the devil. Satan. Mm -hmm. Oh, he says, yeah. And he says his apron, because his apron is black. And he says, what is that that you have? And he says, this is a, a example of my power and priesthoods. So like, it's really dramatic. It's like a whole play. You can Google this, but I don't know if it's still on you. It's actually used to be on YouTube, but I don't know if they keep taking it down. You know, there was a big so some guy went in and filmed this all with the special Google glasses. This is oh, great. Oh, wow. Yeah. His name was New Name Noah. And there was a big scandal about it. And I remember when it happened, I was like, holy crap, this guy's going to get murdered. And they they didn't know who he was at first, but they know everybody knows now. But anyway, it's all out. And well, they tried to have it removed, but but it didn't infringe on any copyright laws. So it's still on there. there yeah, it was. It I think it may still be, but then the church was like, "We will sue you," and they are rich, so what I don't know whatever the, ended up happening. What yeah. happened to the guy? So nothing. He's okay, but I mean, it was quite the scandal. Yeah. So it took them years. It took them years to find out. So it was already water under the bridge by the time they they figured out who it was, and wow. so it it was a scandal. Yeah. If you want to look at it, new name Noah, that that scandal was pretty funny. So I do believe these uh, ceremonies, if you put in LDS ceremony in TikTok, you'll, it's a treasure trove. People can look and see all this stuff. So after that, you're going to go and you've got all this little Adam and Eve story and all this stuff. And then you're going to go through to heaven, to the veil, quite literally, it's a large curtain and it, and it's beautiful. Like everything's really overdone. And um, you put your hand through this curtain because you have to know the signs and symbols to get past the angels and sentinels that guard heaven. So you have to know how to get by. And so this is why we have the Masonic handshakes. And so you stick your hand through a compass and square cutout. It's like cut like that or like this to do these little symbols with the guy around, you know, the other side and he's pretend God. And then you get your new name and you tell him your new name. And first your husband goes through and he tells the guy, but he never tells you. And then you go through, but you don't give your name to God because women are only saved by the power of the priesthood through their husband. So I give my name to my husband not to God. And so he gets to know mine, but I never get to know his. I never knew my husband's. And so you never repeat it again. Wow. 
Yeah. So it's very patri it's very patriarchal society. Everything is. I mean, a 12-year-old boy has more power than I do as far as a blessing or any of that. So they start getting their priesthoods at 12. Yeah. And so you learn all this, you go through, then you go to the other side, you're in the celestial room and the celestial room's like fake heaven. And you've kind of made it through this whole thing that's gone on and it, it gets really weird and there's chanting in circles and just weird stuff. And you're just like overwhelmed. And then you go get sealed right after that. And you kneel over an altar, you hold each other's hands. You don't wear a wedding dress. You wear the same outfit. Even if it's your first time getting married, like very first ever, you don't wear your wedding dress and your family can't come unless they are already worthy to be there. They have to wait in a waiting room outside, if not. And so you look into these forever mirrors, you know, the mirrors like occultists use that face each other and go on and on and on. Yeah. They come forever mirrors. Yeah. And you look at each other in these mirrors and, and you do this ceremony and, you know, you say you're married, whatever. No, no walking down the aisle. None of that stuff. None of nothing the same. And then you're done and you're married and you're like thinking like, what on earth? Like, cause it's nothing like you think of in your mind. Like I'm going to get married as a kid, you know, yeah. like, oh, Barbie yeah. and Ken, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. it's none of that. Yeah. So, no, so no. Be before you experienced this and you're talking to your grandmother and stuff, did, did you have any idea that this was coming, that this, this was no. how the service was going to be? No. Nope. Cause she said it's, it's sacred, not secret. And yeah. that's one of their favorite things to say. And then they say, you'll find out when you go through the temple. And I'm like, okay, but you're never supposed to talk about it unless you're in the temple. So even if you had a question, you'd already have to be there. And so they do give you a chance to like escape on this one part. They say, if anybody doesn't want to do this, please let them stand now and we'll have you escorted out. But you have to understand your whole family is there. Your yeah. whole family is sitting here and, and you're not going to leave. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone leave. You know, it's not done. Yeah. So all this stuff that we've done that day, all of this is done now. Then they tell you, hey, you need to come back for the dead people at least once a month so that you can help get all these dead people done because they're waiting in heaven for you to do this. Well, not in heaven, like a waiting room. And so you're kind of like, all right, well, I didn't really like that. So I try, I tried it a couple more times. And what they do is they give you a paper when you get to the temple the next time. And for that day, say Bessie White died, you know, in whatever year she died, they'll give you that. And you, that's who you are for the day. You're literally taking on, they call it by proxy. So you are the proxy for them. Wow. And it's necromantic, right? Like that's very odd. And then they do the same thing with baptisms for the dead, but kids do those. So about the age of 12 to 15. Yeah. You go do baptisms. I did that. And they give you all these names and they've done these kind of rituals for like Hitler, a bunch of Jewish people and Frank. They've done celebrities, Barack Obama's mother, like all these dead people, they'll just go and get their names and do it without permission. And so finally the church and the Jewish church got into it because they were like, Hey, 
cut it out with the Hitler. Hello. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, sorry, our bad. And they were like, but stop it, though. So, so and then they do doing it for people that are not even in. No, you could die. The Mormon yeah. culture. No, nope. Yep. You just if you die or your relative say you're accidentally related to me somehow and you're in my genealogy, this is why Mormons are obsessed with genealogy. They actually started um, FamilySearch.org, and that whole genealogy thing dumps into Ancestry DNA. So they don't outright own it, but they kind of do. You know, I mean, it it's all of their stuff. It goes right into. So they were the ones that kind of started up on that. They're very, um, I would say, on the cutting edge of things when it comes to like technology, like how you can't buy your underwear unless you have a barcode and they scan it and it links to your photo, kind of like a library card, like they're making sure and they're on the top of their game. And so with the dead people thing, if like your great grandpa was my great grandpa and I'm Mormon, I'm going to do it. And I don't really care how you feel about it. Like I'm going to do it. So they do all the time. And wow. so it's kind of weird that, you know, they don't have any, but they say, oh, well, they could still say no in heaven, um, not heaven, but this waiting room. Right. And, and okay, that's fine. But also kind of weird that this is all going on because remember the only time you do it for an alive person is once ever, then you're going back multiple times in a month, two to 10 times to do dead people, dead people, dead people, dead people. Well, this is what led me into like a bunch of study on this when I got out because I wanted to know why, what did I do? Because I had a lot of weird stuff when I got out, I was always getting kind of attacked, you know, not physic. Well, I was sick a lot. I already had cancer by the time I was 37. Oh, I mean, I had thyroid cancer, had to have it completely removed. I had had tons of medical problems, like all this stuff. And we've had a lot of like accidental deaths in our family, all this stuff. So I wanted to know how to break generational curses. And I was studying Derek Prince a lot. He's great on YouTube. He's a older path. He's passed away now, but he's great. Um, he's, he can be legalistic, but whatever, throw that part out. He's still great. Um, and he talks about deliverance and these things. And so I wanted to know how to get out of this situation or like John Ramirez, he talks about it too. And so I started researching and I was like, well, what are they doing in there? And then my husband at the same time, I had met him and we were boyfriend, girlfriend, and I had mentioned the church maybe once or twice. And he said, I'll never go to that church. And he was raised in it, but he was smarter than me. You redheads are smart like that. <laughs> he was 16 and he said, this is crap. I'm not doing this. You know, he, he was, he was like, no, it's creepy. I'm not doing any of it. So he left the church early on and he didn't ever do any of this stuff that I'm describing to you. He got out and didn't have anything to do with it. So when I said, oh, hey, we should think about it. He said, why don't you watch this first? And he sits me in front of the thing and puts in YouTube he puts on a Masonic ceremony and I'm watching it. And I said, Hey, they shouldn't have this on there. This is like temple stuff. And he goes, yeah, I know. Why is it like temple stuff? It's masonry. And I said, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, well you should. Cause it's your history. If you're going to go do this stuff, you should probably know what you're doing. You know, 
And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know any of it. And so he helped me like open my eyes to say, okay, I need to check this out, you know? And when you find out about the necromancy stuff, it led me down the road with like John D and Abraxas and all this weird stuff. Cause Joseph Smith was a shady character. And I wish I could show you the occult that there are some occult things that he owned, including a Jupiter talisman. He wore a Jupiter talisman. He had uh, sigils that were in a treasure bag and they had calling downs. That was a Nokian for sure. And I was like, well, what is this? And I didn't even know what an, I didn't know what Enochian, I didn't know any of that. I knew who Enoch was, but I didn't know this other stuff. And I started researching it and lo and behold, it led me to John D. And I was like, why are we doing stuff? This is an occultist. He's like an occult. He's like the father of the occult, like way more important than Alistair Crowley. People don't know that, but everything that Crowley had he took from John D and other people and just sampled and made his own. And so he's older by far 1500s. Um, He was queen Elizabeth the first. He was like not her sorcerer or astrologist per se, but he, he counseled her a lot because he wasn't a true member of the court. So when I found that out, yeah, I was shocked. A little bit more about who John D is. For the listeners that yes. and for me as well, I don't. I've, I've heard that name, but I'm not sure. I don't That's know okay. A lot about John him. John D is the original 007. John D was um, born in, I believe, 1527. Off the top of my head, he was um, the father of the occult. To be quite honest, most people don't know that, but this book, um, John D, and the Empire of Angels. And it's Enochian Magic and the Occult Roots of the Modern World by Jason Louv, L-O-U-V. He's really good. This is a really good breakdown. It's dry. I'm not going to tell you it's amazing. I don't know how it wouldn't be. It's occult. He's an occultist. Um, And when I started studying this stuff, I felt really odd about it because I'm a Christian. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't really want to study that. And I kept feeling prompted to like, okay, keep going. And I was like, Oh, man, this is scary stuff. You know, I don't I don't know how I feel about this. And so I really kept praying about it. I really felt like it, it would tie into something I didn't know what and sure enough, it did. Because John D did a lot eight years of what they call the Enochian workings. And he and his um, partner, Edward Kelly, he channeled things through Edward Kelly because he was very smart and he couldn't release his faculties enough to like channel. He never could. He was super smart mathematician guy. He was also like into cartography. He, he actually is the um, inventor of one world order. That was, and actually, uh, actually for you, John D great Britain was the place he was trying to unite completely. And so he was very, you know, partial to Elizabeth and he stayed in in her court but not part of her court for many many years of his life in service to her he also was the first person to ever think of a public library he was the biggest owner of all books at that time in Great Britain people wow. would go to him to borrow yes he so he um, had all he the knowledge yes and he would only sleep four hours a day so he could study all the rest wow. of the hours He's a huge mathematician. (laughs) Yes, I know. Right. You get into it and then you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't sleep. Yeah. So he he didn't mean to be occultic, 
um, he actually really loved God and he thought he was channeling angels from God. But at some point they're writing all this down feverishly. And at, at some point they said, Oh, by the way, you got to switch wives. And they were both like, uh, what? And they're like, yeah, that would be a good idea. If you switch wives, that would make us happy. Right. And so they do. And at that point, I am certain that John D knew he was dealing with something that wasn't of the Lord. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at least not ours, at least not the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. And so he was dealing with something. Um, and I truly believe the veil was so thin from them channeling, constant channeling. This is eight years of work. And multiple times, Edward Kelly, because everybody says he's a fraud. He was a liar. He'd been caught for like forging documents and they cut his ears um, in half and stuff. So he was a known fraudster, you know. But the thing is, is he tried to quit this like 10 different times and he tried to leave. And every time he would leave, like he would feel like sharp pains in his guts, like swords and knives and all this crazy stuff. So he'd go back. And then one time they said, you got to get married. And he said, I don't want to get married. And they, a sword came out of the book and was stabbing him. And John D like visualized this. Okay. So I mean, they were just flipping out and, and he was so scared. He was like, okay, I'll get married. He hated his wife. He hated her. And so he had no problem with this wife swapping business, but, uh, there was a big problem because John D was quite old. He was like in his late seventies when this is going on. And Edward Kelly's like a young man. He was like in his thirties or forties. And so his wife, John D's wife is like in her late twenties, if I remember correctly. And she gets pregnant. And he ends up raising that man's child for the rest of his life. Yeah. And so it busted up their friendship, obviously. Like yeah, it didn't go well. Yeah. yeah. So he was actually um the and honestly, what his workings did, even though they tried to get rid of him, one time they burned him because they were afraid when King James took over because King James, like the Bible King James, he wasn't having this. He was burning people. And so they were terrified. You know, they were kind of like, oh, my gosh, we got to hide this. And the angel said, don't worry, burn it all. And then the next like couple of months later, they found everything under a tree, all completely intact. It was like nothing had happened to it. And so, I mean, it was wild. They kept going, like I said, for years on years. And, and it probably, he, he died in obscurity. Honestly, he actually suffered a lot and lost almost all of his children. I think, but one, he lost his wife, like to the plague, all this horrible stuff. He lived till he was old, which was kind of rare back then. Um, and he died without much notable, like other than being a mathematician, none of this stuff was even cared about till he had passed. And then, um, a guy with the last name cotton, I can't remember the first name found his works and a maid was like burning it to start like fires and stuff, probably toilet paper. Who even knows? Like it, it was in shreds, you know, and he's like, stop, stop. Like, what are you doing? And so that's how his workings got to us. But they're there. It's a whole language. They said, if you tried to like fake it, it's, it's a true language to this day. And you can actually recreate, I don't recommend this, but you can go look at the table and everything. It's like a huge Ouija board. It's like the Ouija board of Ouija boards. And it has like archangels and just different things. I mean, and then you have to have like wax seals. It was very complicated. You have to build furniture for this. 
And, you know, there's no way that they could have faked this language. It is, it looks like Egyptian hieroglyphics. That's how difficult it is. Like this Edward Kelly, even if he was a shyster, like he probably wasn't that smart. This is a language that works today. I wow. mean, he created a whole language by himself. I don't think he did. Yeah. And so funny thing is, okay, John Dee's work becomes many religions. This goes clear out because they say that John Dee was very involved in uh, the Knights of Pythias and these kind of things. So they, they think he was also a uh, Rosicrucian. So all these things go out into multiple religions and then think about the future. Okay. Muhammad, what happened with Muhammad? He channeled angels, right? Gabriel. And he would have these fits and pass out and then wake up and tell the guys because he didn't write things down. They were a nonverbal people until later. But he had two people that had to memorize everything he said, stand right with him. So he would tell them and then this would all become what later a religion. But there was there was a cost. What was it? Polygamy and how they treat women. So that was weird. So then go forward a little bit later. We got Crowley. And what did he do? He channeled Awas. And Awas told him, hey, write this down. Became the book of the law, which became Thelema. Okay, Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard, they're out in the desert doing the Babylon workings. And that's why they call it the workings, because this was the Enochian workings. See, same, same thing. This was what they were practicing was John Dee's stuff. They channeled what happens, write this stuff down. And L. Ron Hubbard goes and writes it down. It becomes Scientology. And same thing with good old Joseph Smith. He was told by an angel to write all this down after he had a fit and passed out just like Muhammad. And he woke up and he wrote it down. And then it becomes the Book of Mormon. But they all have a sexual cost. John Dee's was wife swapping. Ed, Edward Kelly had to do his wife and blah, blah, blah. Then we got Mohammed with the polygamy stuff. We got Joseph Smith with the polygamy stuff. Alistair Crowley did everything. But, I mean, there was nothing he wouldn't do. And then we've got uh, even like, uh, what's the other one? Scientology They with the Babylon workings. They had to masturbate in front of each other out in the desert. That's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And it was like for days. It wasn't like, it wasn't quick. Uh-uh. And they channeled things and they believe that they opened portals quite similar to what John D did. I mean, he saw, th I think upwards of 32 angels. Joseph Smith said he saw 27, including dead people. Like this is all pretty dark. I mean, uh, if you yeah. get to the root of these things, they're, they're not of light. Like God would never come down and say, I think you should do his wife. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No, no, I don't think that's very good. Yeah. So that's why I think that it led me to where I was. And then the whole thing is, is as I studied more, I started seeing a praxis come up all the time. Well, Joseph Smith mother, she wrote in her own hand, and I have a picture of this. I should just put it on my Instagram so people can find it easy. But she speaks about the house of a brack. And worshiping the house of a brack and drawing magic circles and soothsaying and treasure digging. And they were known to be this kind of magical family. And she was the first generation her that was born here. Her father was Scotland. And so it makes so much sense because of the Magus. <sighs> she would have knowledge. You know, she would have certain knowledge. And they said she was a healer. And so... 
I'm just saying, I think that he was exposed. They try to play it like, oh, he was a dumb farm boy and he couldn't even write a letter. Yeah. And no, no, no. His brother went to Dartmouth. You never hear that at church. Let yeah. me tell you, they try to play that dumb farm boy thing a lot wow. because it excludes them, you know, from a lot. And when, when I say they channeled, they had to use, um, either a peep stone or like with John D they used a scrying mirror, which was made of obsidian. Nostradamus did it with water. Like this is not anything new. Yeah. This yeah. is something that happens in the occult circles, but not in normal church stuff. So yeah. the fact that they've made a whole religion on all these things is what, what is concerning. And like I said, they openly spoke of the house of Abrac, Abraxas, Abracadabra. All of this comes from that. And so the one thing Abraxas is, and this made a whole lot of sense to me after I studied, is he's a necromancer. And what does necromancy give to the person? I mean, of course it gives the God, you know, just like channeling from the Super Bowl we just watched, you know, why do they do these esoteric things? Because it gives them what? gives them energy, right? It's like feeding them. Yeah. So the same stuff for Abraxas. However, what does it give to the person doing it? Because there has to be an exchange. It gives them power, knowledge, and ability to see in the future. What was Joseph Smith and every single president of the church called? Prophet, seer, and revelator. Wow. That's where they're getting it from. And on the top of every temple is a gold metal statue or little spires. And I'm certain they are channeling that, that energy. I'm certain. Super interesting. Yes, wow. It's very I, creepy. I've learned a lot <laughs> so far. I had no idea. Wow. Yes. Most well, and most Mormons don't even know this. I didn't, yeah. certainly I did not know this. And there's a lot of other stories. Like, I mean, Joseph Smith, he was a Mason. He was a known Mason. Let me tell you his brother's name, Hiram, like Hiram Abiff. I mean, come on people. So, yeah. you know, it, it's interesting that his brother died right before he got the plates from the angel. Well, then the angel had told him, Hey, I need you to bring your brother when you come next time. Well, funny thing is can't cause he's dead. And so they were trying to figure out what to do. And so his dad runs a newspaper article. This is real. Anybody can look this up in the actual newspaper saying, this is my summation. Hey, we're going to dig up our son. So if you see us digging up our son, we're checking on him because you people think we moved him or did something bad, but we didn't. And we're going to prove it because we're going to dig him up. Wow. Okay. What? Why? Why would you? Why would you do that? Yeah. And so they ran it six different times and they dug him up to make sure he was okay. Uh, right. So the big joke in Mormonism is, is that his brother Alvin gave a hand in helping with Mormonism. Ha ha ha. <laughs> wow. Because they we... think maybe they took his hand. <laughs> yeah. Man. When you're doing yes. this research and you're starting to learn and unfold all this, was you still involved in, in the Mormonism or was you, was you no, out? I was out because I never would have studied this had I been in because they came out. See what really fouled everything up for the Mormons is the internet. So before the internet, they could tell us 
No, Joseph Smith was never a polygamist. When I grew up and I was small, Joseph Smith was not a polygamist. Now it's well known that Joseph Smith was a polygamist. And Joseph wasn't a Mason, but it's now well known. If you put in Mormons and Masons in YouTube, it will come up with a cute little video from the church that says, so you're wondering if we're Masons. And they have like a little 10 minute skit about like, oh yeah, well, we do the real masonry that's actually better because God gave it to us. And so they've got all these little ways around it now. But when I was coming up, they could tell you whatever they wanted. I mean, we didn't know about this magical hat. I was always told, and I'm going to make new slides because I want to show people this, about a Urim and Thummim, which is very similar to a Masonic uh, apparatus as well with a breastplate and spectacles. And it's very Masonic. And he said he translated with that. But then as I got older, there was all these jokes on the internet with Joseph Smith's head in a top hat and a, and a stone in there. And I thought, why are they making these lies up? This is bad. They're just lying. And you would just think that it was lies because they could get away with that back then. Yeah. But then the internet hit. And so they came out with a whole bunch of slogans and they got very Jehovah's Witnessy. They were like, okay, if you have questions, meet with your bishop or you need to go look on LDS.org or Mormon.com or whatever. So only look at our information. Don't Google. Don't Google. Don't, don't do that research. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't do your own research. Heaven's sakes. We know how that goes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so we were told, like, this is anti-Mormon propaganda. And so we didn't do that because you were a bad Mormon if you did that. You don't want to be a bad Mormon. You don't want to have your stuff taken away. You don't want to feel less than you're one of the elites of the church. You're like, you've been through the temple. You're special. So you don't. And they even came out with slogans like, don't doubt your doubts. Don't doubt your faith. Like this was wow. real. That was one of their slogans. Yeah. And so it got like wild and I had already been out, but trying to tell other people about it is just almost impossible. They so, just look at you like, oh, you're crazy, you know. Does not does every Mormon go through the temple? Or is there Mormons out there that no. don't? There are plenty that can't, because here's the thing. You have to, you can't drink coffee. You can't drink tea. You can't um no tea, no black tea. You can drink herbal tea. Back in the day, that was originally given as no hot drinks, but then they make hot cocoa they manufacture hot cocoa. It's not about caffeine and it's not about health because they own big shares in Coca-Cola and they also own a big share in pharmaceuticals. Wow. And so, you know, you can't do that. So you got to be good there. You can't smoke. You can't drink. You can't watch porn, which are, these are not bad rules per se. I mean, come on, you know, you can't cheat on your wife or your husband. Um, you have to do the 10 commandments and you have to pay your tithing, but your tithing is 10%. And when I say 10%, I mean, at the end of the year, when you get your W-2s, you go and sign up for tithing settlement with your bishop. And he takes your W-2s and he says, now, Heidi, you only paid this much money and your gross income was this much money. You owe us a negative deficit of $750, whatever it is, and you need to pay it or you can't go back to the temple until you do. 
Yeah. It's very serious. It's all very, yeah. very serious. It's like a taxes. It's like taxes. Yeah. And so there's no just like estimate or I felt like I should do this much. No, 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 no. And then if you can't pay it, I one time had to be a janitor and scrub toilets in the church. Wow. To work so, it off. Wow. <laughs> so after you, you, you've, you've gone through the, the, the temple and you've, you found out more and you, you're getting back to normal life, married life in this religion. What, what was life like then? What, what, was you well, thinking not right or was you? Yeah, I was so, um, I lost my family when this happened. So it was really a hard time for me because I, my husband and I got married at that time. And he had accidentally told his parents that I'm an apostate. Apostate means I left the church with full knowledge. Not like him. He's not, he is an apostate, but he's kind of not because he doesn't know what he does, right? Because he didn't go to the temple, but I do. So um, the only place that outer darkness is for, outer darkness is kind of like our hell where you're cut off from everything and you're cut off from the presence of the Lord is for murderers and apostates. And you swear blood oaths in the temple that you'll never speak of these things that I'm telling you right now. And you used to do this slicing of your throat or spilling of your bowels, like um, an example like that. You pledge, you pledge that not in real, not really, but like, yeah. a, you know, a pledge. And um, now they don't do that anymore either because that scared everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. yeah, yeah, they, they quit that. And so all, there's a laundry list of things that they quit doing, but that was one. And so at that time, I was losing my family. I was an apostate. My husband's family did not like me because I'm an apostate. I ended up having my grandma sue me. She tried to take my kids away. She filed CPS on me and filed false charges against me and made almost everyone in my family hate me. So, because wow. I wouldn't go back. Yeah. And you told your family that you was coming out of the religion. Oh yeah. It didn't go well. Mm -mm. Yeah. Cause every uncle, aunt, great uncle, all of them, other than my dad's side, they were all engulfed in this religion. Yeah. They were not happy with me. And then on top of it, my grandma told everyone like, oh, she stole from me. Oh, she beats her kids, all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Why would you tell people this stuff? And she just went, she came after me with a vengeance. She wow. was not happy. And so it got really, 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 really difficult. But um, as far as me and my husband, it was, it was a hard time for the first, um, I want to say like 15 months because I was still trying to break off these weird oaths that I took in the temple. You know how the Bible says, take no oaths, right? And and swear no oath to no one because let your eyes be eyes and your knees be knees, but but don't don't do that. That's like a summary. But I I had done that and I didn't know what I had done. So I felt like I was in a cycle of repentance and also I was going in through my house trying to figure out what was occultic from, from this religion, like getting things out of my house. And I, I really struggled for a while. And also anybody that's a Christian can tell you, unless she became a Christian as a child, I don't believe I was a true Christian 
when I was in there because I don't think their Jesus is the same Jesus. I don't. They believe that the Holy Ghost is separate. They believe that Jesus was formed just like any other man, like by sex. They believe that you can ascend and get your own planet and all this crazy stuff that they'll lie about now. But it sounds very much like ascended masters if you, you know, put two and two together, really. And and I'm certain he got a copy of the Kabbalah sometime in his life. But it, long story short, I had to break all that off and it wasn't going very well. We had a very hard life during that time. Anybody, like I said, that's turned to Christianity and got baptized, they think that's going to be like the time in your life where you're really blessed. It is, but it's almost everyone's Job Job time because you're going to get faced with some hard things because God allows Satan to try, you know, to try us. I mean, we know that from the story of Job and I was really going through it and I almost just didn't believe in anything anymore. I mean, I never gave up a hundred percent. But it was rough because I was getting hit from, I mean, I'm like sick with cancer and going to court and CPS and all this stuff. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, what is happening here? And then I got pregnant and I, not that that's a bad thing, but I was kind of old and I'd had all these medical problems and I was scared she wasn't going to be okay. And she is, she's great. And she's a blessing and, and that's amazing. And her name is Faith for that reason. Wow, because- that's awesome. Yeah. And so we, we had our hardships, but it panned out in the end, in the end, if you hold really true and I don't go to any church, listen, the Bible, this is my church right here. This, this talking to people and this book, the Bible, that's it. You don't need any man in between you and God. It says so people need to understand that it's a lot easier than people make it seem. They want it to be hard because they don't want you to do it simple. It's simple to keep people away from God because they want you to go through 70 hoops and wear weird underwear and all this other stuff. You know, they want it to be difficult. They want it to be a challenge. And and that's not God. And it shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be a challenge. That's not how it is. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I don't buy it. I don't buy that. I, I know that my my spirit now is so much more alive than when I was doing all the checked boxes, right? I had a big list of things to make me a good person. And I wasn't that good of a person. I mean, I wasn't terrible, but I wasn't great either. I was doing it with a bad heart. Like I didn't want to do it. I was yeah. there because I had to be. You knew and it wasn't I paid right. it because I had to. Yeah, I didn't want to do it. And God even says, by the way, about tithing, that you shouldn't give unless you want to give in your heart. That's that's a literal scripture. And he doesn't want your like money if it's like some grunty, like here you go. He doesn't want that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he doesn't like stuff like that. And he wouldn't force. Force is never God. That's the devil. And Derek Prince covers that really good. And I really absorbed myself in Derek Prince because I knew one thing. He might be a pastor and I think he's maybe Pentecostal. But I didn't care what he was affiliated with. But I knew this. He was dead. So he it didn't matter. Like he wasn't trying to do anything. You know, he's gone. And I mean, so that's great. I'm going to learn as much as I can. And I just engulfed myself with the studies and stuff like that. And so it really helped. And I did lose my daughter at this time. Like she didn't die, but she estranged from me. I haven't seen her in five years. And oh, wow. I have a grandbaby. 
that I never met. Um, it was really, it was rough. I'm not going to lie. I, we lost my brother. My brother died. Um, it was bad and we, we just kept going through it. And I'll tell you, that's why my podcast is called unfiltered because you've spoke with me for long enough to get why there and rise (laughs) because you can rise above. Like it doesn't really matter if something's hard or bad or whatever you went through you know, you just got to use it for something better, really, whatever it is. It could be really bad and you could help someone else. That's what we're supposed to do. That's church, you know, love people, help people, want to help people do it with a good heart. Stop being like that, you know, Yeah. and your life will get better to be honest. So that was where I went with that. Yeah. Well, you did a great job. Your podcast is awesome. Can Thank I, you so much. Can I ask you how long it took you to to break away from? So after you've gone through the the ceremony and stuff like that, how long did it take you to go? I'm out. I I stayed until I was 34, and I was so 1996. Uh, it was I was 20, 14 wow. years. Wow. And I stayed. Yep. And I didn't like it, and I quit doing the ceiling. I would do where the marriages were because I felt like that was a little better, but like the other part I didn't like, and I wouldn't do it. And my grandma was always trying to get me to do it. And I would say, "Mm, I don't, I don't want to do it. And she was always funny with me about it and kind of trying to encourage me. But I just had a feeling in my heart that that wasn't the best. And it makes you wonder like if there's necromancy involved and you're looking in mirrors and you know about the occult, what are you channeling into yourself when you are putting Masonic underwear nearest to your openings of your body? Like you're talking about the most private areas, period. And if you've ever read Crowley, there's a whole world about your butt and all this stuff. So it's a whole thing. So, you know, it makes you wonder, like, what were they doing? Not that we would feel anything just the entities there's real things out there you know you do a paranormal podcast like i'm sorry to say there's a lot of strange strange things and yeah the church is very um involved in a lot of weird studies and weird their money goes to weird places and in 2020 they took a stand to tell every member to get the cure for the thing that will never go away including children And that is just something that you cannot do. I'm sorry. You don't know anyone's past history. You don't know what's good for them or bad for them. You don't know what they're allergic to. You don't know. And as a nurse, I knew right away that something is wrong here. And that was what kind of led me into like, nope, I'm not participating in any of this. And I never did. I didn't do any of it. Not give one, not have one. I'm not. I just felt weird about it. And people should trust their instincts. Like really it's usually from something better than your instinct. It's not usually you, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, but You're... that church is involved. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. You're, you're, you're very brave to speak out and, and talk about this stuff. It's kind of a anxiety driven. That's why I did that video. I told you about that. I got in trouble about because yeah. I, there, there was something back in the olden days that was Danites. Um, the Danites were an army of just Mormons that would like take care of other Mormons, like an enforcer squad. And they would kill people for this. 
there were actual blood atonement murders because some things the the LDS church still feels this. Now they don't practice it anymore, but they do say there are some sins that you cannot have Jesus atone for that you have to atone for with your own blood. And that's very interesting. And then, you know, it has to be, you know, we were one of the last states to get rid of firing squads, which was also very interesting, I felt, because the first murder that ever happened on earth, the blood spilled onto the ground. It speaks about this with Cain and Abel, that Abel's blood soaked into the ground, right? And the blood was spilled. The same thing happens true for the blood atonement murders of the Mormons. They slice across and let the blood spill onto the ground. There's something with that, and I'm still searching it, but I'm telling you, it's not normal. I mean, obviously, they say they don't have anything to do with any of that anymore, by the yeah. way. And we that they not. feel that, no, I'm sure, I don't know what they really do, but there is a certain thing called uh, the second anointing. And the second anointing is one step further than what I told you about with the first, the endowments. And it's only given to high up members of the church, like the quorum of the 12 and the quorum of the 70 always men, but it absolves them from anything, keeping them from heaven. So even if they murder someone, they can go to heaven because they have the second anointing. It's like a sure, it's like a sure fire into heaven for them. Even if they were to hurt children or do anything horrible, it makes you wonder why, why would they need that if they don't practice any of those things anymore? Why would yeah. they need that? Yeah. Um, Man. Have you, and if you guys, uh, did you catch my episode about the underground tunnels in I Salt Lake? Oh, I'm going to. That one you got to watch because there's a whole grid and it makes you wonder why it goes directly to the temple. Underground yeah. tunnels to the temple. Oh, wow. And they admit it. There's pictures and everything. They say it's so that the prophet doesn't get mobbed in the street and like superstars use them and stuff too that don't go to the, it goes other places, but the temple is one. Yes. So weird. Have you had any? Do you, do you get a lot of pushback with the podcast and stuff like that? Do you get people um, coming at you? Not from other places, but here, if somebody says, "Oh, you do a podcast? What do you do?" It, I'm like, "Oh no," and I always just say, "Well, are you LDS?" And they, if they say yes, I say, "You probably wouldn't like it." I don't really go into it. I don't give them the name of the podcast because I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to destroy someone and black pill them like that. That's not nice. Okay. Yeah. Whether we're talking about like, you know, the world we live in with controversies or anything else, you don't need to destroy someone's psyche. It, it's not good. Um, so I don't do that, but I do get a lot of pushback from like, um, my kid doesn't have any neighbors in the neighborhood that can really play. Um, people know that we're not Mormon. And that's a bigger thing than the fact that I do a podcast. The fact that I'm an apostate is bigger. Wow. And they know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because remember, I'm damned. I'm going to outer darkness. <laughs> and his parents, my husband's parents are just like that too. And I just have to, I'm always very kind with them. I don't think it's personal. I don't think they hate me as a person. I just think they hate that situation. You know, yeah. because they don't want their son with somebody that's damned, even though he's been out for a long time. 
you know, yeah. way longer than I was. Yeah. He's the one that opened my eyes. He black killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Him and my mother, my mother had gotten out. And I remember my mom and my grandma and my grandma would laugh at her and she was nasty and like would say, Oh, you're going to the rock and roll Jesus church. Cause it was just a born again church. And they would sing and have like a band. Well, Mormons don't do that. It's very quiet, you know, yeah. and, um, somber they sing, but their hymns and their, you know, it's church. Uh, and they don't do all that. And so my mom would get made fun of by my grandma. Um, and I, you know, I have to say this is, you know, God bless me in a wonderful way because my mom got out and my brother got out before he died. He was baptized and so was his daughter and all of my children are out as well as myself and my husband. So yeah. that's pretty cool from coming from what I came from, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do worry. My mom worries because I use, like I said, that's my name. And she gets like stressed out. She's like, oh my gosh, what if they come and get you and blah, blah. I'm like, mom, listen, I put it out on my podcast all the time that I mental health wise, I'm fine. And I would never, ever want to not be here, you know, and all this. I'm like, I don't think they're going to mess with somebody that's just a lower level. They're just going to be like, oh, she's crazy. You know, she's yeah. just a crazy lady. But who knows? It's a little nerve wracking. I won't. Yeah, lie. I bet. I bet it is. How, how far are you away <laughs> from like, the the temple now? Salt, Salt Lake, twenty. Oh well, there's the Salt Lake Temple. I'm about twenty two miles from, but there is a temple four miles from my house. There's temples all over. Man, there's a temple ten miles from my house to the north, twenty two miles to the south, fifteen miles to the south, and four miles to the south. They have them everywhere. Wow. Yeah. We have mold at almost every little town to the next big town has them now. And it yeah. never used to be that way. And so it, it's actually built on my family's haunted, haunted ground over there. Oh, they have this weird. Oh, yeah. It was a weird haunted house. And my grandma told me about it. And the, they demolished it long ago. And no one would buy this land because everyone knew the story. It was like poltergeist haunted, not just a little bit like full on poltergeist stuff going on. These brothers had hid their money inside the house and they were like old misers. Well, rats had eaten it or it got stolen. They weren't really sure which, but they were looking for the money a lot. And then eventually they died and never found it. They tore that place apart, never found it. My grandma swears like rats ate it or something. And then, cause it wasn't coin, you know, and she said they lived there for a few months and they were the heck out of there. And not just my grandma, but my mom told me stories about beds being thrown against the wall, cereal being thrown all over, like wild. And wow. so no one would live there. They demolished that house and no one would live there or buy that land. And now the temple's on it. <laughs> wow. Oh, it makes me laugh that that's, you know, yeah. but that's really the only place that that they would have had a big enough plot to like, cause this town is pretty bought up. It, it was like settled a long time ago. Yeah. My family was one of the original settlers here. So yeah, wow. it was kind of funny, but yeah, you don't get, it's not well reception. If you go anywhere, even if I wasn't an apostate, say I just told people, Oh, I'm just a Christian, a born again, Christian. They would say, Oh, they don't say anything mean or nasty, but especially, and I have tattoos and they look at you like, 
Bad, bad one, that one. You know, they're really? very funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You we also have a gay daughter. <laughs> so yeah. it's a whole... We're we're like the bad family, you know. Whatever. Man, that's crazy, though. It's crazy that, that anyone I mean, should feel like that anywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Really and people is. shouldn't. I mean, okay, let's let's be honest here. What does the Bible say? Even if you have a gay child, even if you have a sinner child, even if uh, your neighbor is an apostate and you think they're going to help, how are you really supposed to treat them? We're not supposed to treat each other like that. No, not Come at all. on now. Yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to. What was the one thing Jesus Christ said after he came back and said it had all been hung on the cross, right? He wanted us to do one thing, just one. It was love one another. And we can't figure out how to do it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and if we did, there would be an unstoppable, an yeah. unbreachable amount of power in our yeah. our wake we would just rail these people 100%. over that think they yeah. rule yeah. even if even if most people had that that half. love even yeah. half even if half, yeah 100% it would be the yeah. world would be a, a different place completely and it's sad that like they constantly divide us Con yeah. constantly that's done on, i think that's done on purpose because yeah. they don't want us oh, to unite no 100 they don't 100% want us to love there's, and, well there's yeah. way more of us than there is them you know, and yeah. I believe, and I don't know how, you know, much you want to get into tonight, but I do believe that that class, and I don't know if you've heard of the serpent seed, you know, conclusion there, but there's a very compelling argument. Ali Siadatan, S-I-A-D-A-T-A-N. Okay. Think again, productions, watch that. Think again, productions.com. He put out a very compelling clip. Uh, movie basically like a documentary and he explains how possibly now i don't know if this is it or i have one other theory that the seed of the serpent when he says he was going to put indemnity in between the woman and it was after there had already been an encounter with the serpent okay so a lot of people believe in this serpent seed theory where Cain was actually Lucifer's and Abel was Adam's and that they believe that that is where the lizard quote unquote lizard people come from. But also it could just be Nephilim giant DNA that got mixed in later with the whole Genesis six. And I love Gary Wayne, you know, Brian Peterson, all those guys, they do such a good job with this. Um, I've interviewed Ryan, Gary will be on uh, in two weeks, which is like awesome. my huge interview. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I, it took me months, but I mean, I was so shook when he finally did it, but I mean, cool. it's been, it's been a wild ride and Ramsey, I did William Ramsey and that one was really good too. But, yeah. um, you know, these kind of things that they explain, I think that it makes so much sense because you have to understand what was the whole Bible about? People missed the point. Jesus was here doing what? Every couple minutes, he's casting out, casting out, casting out. If that wasn't real, then what's the Bible about? I yeah. don't know. Because yeah. there was obviously a lot of problems there. And then even with the part where, it, and this part kind of is weird. This is just a conjecture, of course. When he went up to the, to the, guy that was like possessed and he sent the demons into the pigs. Okay. And they said, we are legion. What is the thing that people want to be called now? They, them, we, that's interesting. 
I'm sorry to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I see mental illness and there is true mental illness. I work at, at the, I'm a mental health nurse. I've seen true mental illness where you can see a difference between that and possession. And I will tell you, there are people that I believe are a hundred percent overtaken with something yeah. because they aren't normal. And if you look at Ted Bundy, he's a great example. We just wrapped up an issue on him on my Patreon on blood atonement. And I'll tell you what they say. He had the most crystal blue eyes, but when he'd get weird, they would turn black. And there are pictures of him with the blackest eyes you'll ever see. Wow. It's creepy. And it's creepy. worth a Google. Wow. Yeah, he is creepy. I mean, yeah. He's so, a... Yeah. I mean, wow. they would say even his brother said something would come over him and he would not be the same person. Now, do yeah. I think that can happen to just normal people that have Jesus? No. Do I think they can be tortured? Yes tormentors but we we are a bright light you have to understand like we are a bright light in a dark desert what does it say that they do they wander the desert looking for a place to rest they can't get rest they can't go anywhere because the sons of perdition these spirits that can't go anywhere from being because you know the nephilim are not really here you know the angels fell they're everlasting and they're stuck here, but their seed, their offspring are disembodied at this point and they have nowhere to go. Do I think that that's something curious? You bet. I yeah. think the alien agenda and the AI agenda is going to link to this. I mean, if they can, yeah, if they can prime our bodies to be receptors for something like that, what does it do? It gives them a place to rest Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, for especially sure. if they can get our consciousness out of the way, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you get you get people that will Man. talk about this. Yes, like multiple personality cases, different things like that, that that talk about this. And it's very curious, you yeah, know, for sure. I can't prove any of it for sure. But that's a strange conjecture. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> for, scary. Yeah. Interesting. Scary. Scary. I don't think it can just happen. I think you have to be doing something dark. Yeah. Um, do I think they can come and bother you? Yeah, but we have Jesus Christ is more powerful and all of that. We have, you know, the ability. That's what ticks them off so bad is we have the ability to squash snake and scorpion's heads, right? So they don't like that. Also, yeah. we get to judge them someday. You know, it says that man will judge the fallen at some point. And so, you know, there's that. I would be ticked off too if I was the older brother and my younger brother was going to come judge me. Especially yeah. where he wasn't as magnificent as I thought I was, you know, but yeah. yeah, I mean, people only want to study certain books and they just want to go with the easy one, not read like Jasher and, you know, all these other books that really get into it, right? Like Genesis and the whole Genesis six thing. People don't, they gloss over that so fast, you know, yeah. or the book of Enoch go through. It, it's way more opened up in these other books that they've taken out. Well, that wasn't how it was created. Yeah. You know, That's that wasn't how story. it was compiled. Yeah. yeah. And so we have to really do our due diligence as Christians. And even if you choose not to believe it, you should still be aware. You should still know. Yeah. Enough at least to say, okay, I understand. I understand. Even if you think it's a total load of crap, you know, 
Well, at least you did your due diligence. Half the people won't even read the regular Bible. Try and get that to happen. I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I'm not being a Bible thumper, but I'm just saying if you want power in your life or if you want knowledge, that's a really good place to start. You know, we can do conspiracy podcasts or biblical podcasts all day, but the answers are right there. I mean, I don't know. You can go slow, one or two verses a day, put your armor on, battle up, because these times, I'm telling you, I've never thought I would live to see the times we are in right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's crazy times. Oh yeah, it's we got we got mattresses being pulled out of holes in New York, and <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, some man. weird stuff going on. We had, you know, apparently Nephilim in Florida, which was a a load of crap but it's also revelation of the method we have to understand people i kind of got a lot of flack because i said to somebody yesterday did you see that halftime show that was so occult and they said why would you watch that that's bad and i said because you have to know and they said no i don't i don't want to know that stuff and i said yeah but then you can't understand what they're doing if you don't know the game plan like if you you want to know your enemy Yeah. yeah you can't if you want to win football or hockey or any sport what do you do you watch their plays yeah for sure you're not going to win anything if and i'm not saying you have to do what i did and really deep dive the occult i don't think that's meant for everyone i think that was something i was told to do so i could connect the dots with joseph smith that's all you know yeah if i didn't if i was not an ex-mormon maybe i would not need that knowledge like maybe that wouldn't be safe for me but obviously it it played right into it so i feel like it was like kind of like you need this you need to understand what happened to you because that's what i was asking well what happened to me yeah what did i do what oaths did i take and how do i break them show me that and i i got my answer and my life did change my life who i am today is no one that you would have known back then yeah i was not i i watched the kardashians and whatever you know i was silly i mean i could care less i was doing my hair and makeup and not that i don't now but things didn't mean a whole lot to me then it wasn't the same thing and the stuff i did even with my kids it was different it was more like oh we got to do this because we got to look the best at church we got to be this we got to be that you know it was very junk. Keep up with the Jones. Do this. Do that. Now I'm nothing like that. I'm like totally different person. I'm like, oh, you don't like me? Cool. Yeah, it's the best way to <laughs> I be. I don't care. But yeah, it's the best way to be. And I'll still be nice. And I'll still be nice. That's fine. I don't yeah. have to be nasty. That's not. That's not going to get you anywhere. Like, do you? Okay, now you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, ever no. think about leaving? Leaving. The state that you're in, moving somewhere else and sort of every day getting I don't away from it. Here. I don't belong here. I don't feel like I belong here. Everybody that I meet that's not from here um says, You don't seem like you're from here. Uh, and I say I know, but the one thing is, is my older daughter, she's uh 24, his son, he's having a baby in April. They're all planted. We're stuck here. Unless we don't want to grow up with our grandbabies. And I, I very much want to grow up with my grandbabies yeah. and I can't go anywhere until my son's 18 because his father's here and I would never take my son from his dad. Like yeah. ever, <laughs> like that's just not, 
dads are really important. I, you know, I, I don't know who doesn't know that by now, but I think as we see the culture that we have at this point, involve your dads in your children's lives, as long as they're safe people, yeah. you know, hundred um, percent. not like my stepdad. Yeah. Not like that dad. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Even my dad, even my real dad, he was very shady character. Um, he went to prison. He had a Ponzi scheme even when he died. Um, he would have gone to prison again if he hadn't died. Oh, wow. but, um, you know, they came after his estate, everything. It was that bad. He was very smart, but too smart for his own well-being, right? Yeah. By the way, the IRS gets you even if you're dead. <laughs> yeah, they still um, come. Yeah, they came. <laughs> yes. Wow. And but my dad was a great person. It wasn't like a character flaw, really, other than he would he would get in these things and believe he would like believe them. And I always was like, that sounds too good to be true. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, it's totally fine. It's totally, totally legit. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> and I think maybe he wanted to believe. But I mean, how much did he know versus I don't know. But yeah. had she kept me from him? I would have been very upset. He was a great person minus his issues with money stuff. Like he was awesome, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I, we, we have to be careful just throwing people away. Cause I was thrown away and 100%. it's really sad and hard, you know, yeah. you don't want to do that. And I do think if it is your parents, unless you have a really good reason, you're going to have some answering to do because it is a commandment. It's the only commandment with a promise. Yeah. And so it says, honor your mother and father, and you will be good all the days of your life. It is the only one that has like a little sub, like, and blah, blah, blah. It The rest are just like, don't do that. Don't yeah. steal. Don't kill people. Like, But it doesn't say anything else. And that one comes with a promise. And I think a lot of times nowadays people are so harsh on everything, but especially parents like, well, you did this wrong and you did that wrong and you spanked me and, um, you were mean or you yelled at me and that's abuse or you're a narcissist. I hear that you're toxic. You're this, you're that. I hear those words thrown around so much. You guys need to know everybody's a little bit narcissistic. Everybody's a little bit toxic. Get somebody on the wrong day and the best most wonderful person will be a little bit toxic. Yeah. Now 100%. am I saying just, yeah, I don't line up for constant abuse either for sure. I understand there's a point where you're like, okay, probably not. You know, I mean, my stepdad that I mentioned, yeah, I don't, I'm not in contact with him. We've tried that. It's not good. It's still not good. It's fine. But if it's your actual parents, even if they annoy you terribly, whatever, I mean, you don't it's have to go over there all the time. Yeah. Just they're, they're important. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> they really are. And our history is something that they can take from us with the older generation. If they make the older generation disappear, all of history can be changed in a hundred years. Yeah. Every single bit. Yeah. And they do it all the yeah. time. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm I'm a believer in that. Yes. Yes, history is his story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, the winner. 100%. The winner. Yes. <laughs> Heidi, I've, I've loved talking to you tonight. Super yes, interesting. This was so fun. You've yes. been through well, a, a heck of a lot of, of, of tough times, but you've you've come through and uh, you're doing a great job now. And, and it's very brave you. of you to talk about this topic because 
you know, it's, it's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous yes. to talk about this stuff as well. It's secret. Yeah, yeah, it's secret. It's very much frowned upon. And um, it's not not a good thing, you know, with most most situations. But at the end of the day, this is the one thing I wished I had had someone tell me is, OK, if you're going to be a Freemason, you go to a Freemason lodge. You know what you're doing. You may not know all of the parts of it. You may not know what you're going to have to do for the next level or whatever, but you know, an idea of like, you're going to be required X, Y, Z. Same thing with the OTO, same thing with most secret societies. They kind of let you know, like, well, Hey, this is going to be hard or weird or whatever. You know, what's coming at you with Mormonism. No one does that. You think that you are doing something completely for God and completely innocent and good. And it isn't, it's not what they say. It's Masonic and they need to start saying, Hey, we're Masonic religion. And if you come to be an LDS person and you go to the top, you're going to be a Mason. And this is what we do. And if they did that, I would probably shut up because it's unfair. They lied. So now they get this. Cause you yeah. don't really want to score on women. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's super brave of you to speak out and, uh, thank you. Yeah. I recommend your podcast. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you in your show? Yes, absolutely. I am at the unfiltered rise. I am everywhere. Podcasts are served. I do have a Patreon. We have an exclusive blood atonement series there, including Mormons, mayhem and murder. So, they're all murderers that are Mormons. So that's kind of fun. We've even got some obscure ones that most people don't know about, but we do the big hitters too, like Ted Bundy and all that. So yeah. it's kind of fun. Um, and that one will not be released other than on Patreon. So if you want more, hit us there, but I'll never cut my regular episodes. So I'll just have those normal. So awesome. thank you for having me on today. Thank you for coming on. I've loved talking to you. Awesome. Super interesting. Yes. Hopefully the first of many conversations. Yeah, I think there's I'm more down. we can talk about going forward. Yes. I would love so. to share my Minerva story with you. Yeah, yes. we're going to do that, that one's soon. very interesting. Yes. I think awesome. your listeners would enjoy it. Interesting. Awesome. Well, Heidi, <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Thank Keep you. Keep safe. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, hopefully awesome. I'll speak to you very soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Something's in your room. You can't move. You can't speak. It's it's a horrible, horrible feeling. You know, you're looking out into the darkness and then you see a figure, but it's darker than the darkness. I just get this like really creepy feeling and I see this uh, this like shadowy demon looking figure in the front seat of the car. She used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed and I just was petrified. I remember I saw something fly by my bedroom window. We heard the bathroom door shut. So then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open. So we came around the bend and we saw eye shine. This thing stood up. I mean, it stood up. And it had high pointed ears. It had a snout, had a long arm, and it just, it grabbed the deer. What?